Amen, amen. I, I tell you, when uh, uh, we've been in the armor of God, and so um, uh, I'll tell you right now, uh, I was talking with somebody, I said, I'm a good soldier. Okay, I may be a lot of things and fall short and some stuff, but I'm a good soldier. I know that about myself, all right? I know that about myself. Understanding your armor and dressing yourself in your armor and being where God has called you to be, when he calls you to be there, even at the, the uh, uh, risk of your own loss. Done that, been there, done that, okay? We have a church that I do not think that can handle the doctrine of being a good soldier and enduring hardship as a good soldier. I don't think that we've been taught that. Uh, I think that we have come to this. I love the grace message. I love the grace message. But I think that when you get into the grace message, you need to be careful because on the other side of the grace message, God does deal with his people. And the enemy is out to get you. Okay, and so if you get too far over in that grace message and you sit over there and you are in a place where, where the devil can take pot shots at you and you will find yourself further and further and further and further out trying to, trying to dig in the closet and up under all the rubble looking for your armor. Come on now. All right, so let's get a balance here. If y'all can't tell, I'm on fire today because when the devil starts hitting me in every area, okay, and trying to hurt my feelings and hurt those around me, then I step up and I'm like, no, you don't, devil. You don't get a chance to come up here and do all that mess. I don't like it, and I'm not standing for it. I don't like it. Amen. Father, I give you praise. I give you honor this morning, Lord. You alone, Lord, are worthy of all praise. You alone, Lord, are worthy of all honor. You alone, Lord, are worthy of every single thought, every single bit of my love, my respect goes to you, Jesus. First to you. Father, I ask you in Jesus' name this morning, Lord, take this word, Father, and let it penetrate the heart of your people that we would stand up and be what you have called us to be, no longer shrinking back, but taking territory, taking land, taking souls, Father God, for the kingdom of heaven. Lord, touch your people this morning. Embolden us, Father, that we would be bold in the power of your might. And Father, I praise you and I thank you that we shall not leave here the same way we came in. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. The word of God tells us to take up the full armor of God. Now, if you were here, if you're not, you need to go to the podcast and we will deal with the fact why we need the armor, why we have the armor. Uh, uh, we've gone over some things and we, we are now moving into uh, the breastplate of righteousness. Come on now. Okay. We already talked about the belt. Okay. Uh, guarding. You reproduce. What are you reproducing? Come on. What are you doing? All right. Now we're moving into the breastplate of righteousness. Now, I, I want to clarify some things. I, I'm still, I'm so uh, amazed at, at our um, lack of ability to assimilate what God is telling us and then to put it into action in our life. Uh, we have got to be more than just a Sunday morning Christian. We got to be more than that. We got to be more than, than, than fire insurance, okay? You have got to get it fixed in your mind that it's going to take more than just that. God requires more than just that because God doesn't settle for anything more than all of you. He said he's a jealous God. 
He's jealous. So when you give something or someone more attention than you give to him, he's a jealous God. Amen. And not only has God called us into his family as his children, but he has called us into his army. He has called us to be good soldiers. And if you remember, we went over that and the fact that not only has he called us to be uh, good soldiers, uh, he's for our sake, but he has called us to be good soldiers for the kingdom's sake. For others. It's not just about you. You don't put on the armor just, just so that you can be protected. So that you can make it. That's selfish. He has you put on the armor so that you can be prepared and ready to help others. But first you have to be fortified and you have to be ready to stand in the gap. How are you going to stand in the gap when you stand in there pretty much buck naked? You don't have nothing on. You're not covered in any place. So you ain't going to be able to cover nobody else. Come on, let's just get real. You're not going to be able to cover nobody else because you're not covered. And I'm tired of seeing Christians get beat up and get beat down and can't be where they're supposed to be and do what they're supposed to do and stand how they're supposed to stand. And they are starting to shrink back. And instead of taking territory for God, they're letting the devil run them into a hole. What is going on? What is wrong with us? Pastor, as he said, have you called somebody this week? Have you checked in on your family? Have you checked in on anybody? Come on now. Have you reached out to anybody? I'm telling you, the Lord quickened my heart so deeply this weekend in the fact that we've got to be touching one another. We've got to be encouraging one another. We've got to be reaching out to one another because the devil is busy and he is on it and he doesn't care whether you're young, whether you're old, whether you're a new Christian or old Christian. He does not care. He will steal and kill and destroy. He wants to kill your children. Young people, you sitting in here today and you think you got all the time in the world. This is all you want to do. You want to pop your neck and you can't tell me nothing. You know, you think that you know everything. What happens if you die tomorrow? Will you go to heaven or will you go to hell? Because there is a hell to shun. Let me tell you, it is for real. And there's a heaven to desire. But see, we don't want to preach that in the church. We don't want to talk about that in the church because after all, you know, it might hurt somebody's feelings. Well, some of our feelings need to be hurt. Some of, some of it does. Some of my feelings needed to be hurt. So I could run to the Lord and let him bind up my wounds, get me straight, move me forward. It is time for us to move forward. It is time for you to pick up the armor and dress yourself daily. Daily. You pick up the armor. And I got complacent for a while and I wasn't picking up my armor daily. I wasn't putting the belt and I wasn't putting the breastplate and shotting my feet. And I wasn't putting on the helmet. And to be honest, got kind of beat up in some places. Tired of getting beat up. How many of you don't like to get beat up? I don't like to lose. You know why you don't like to lose? Because you were created to win. That's why you don't like to lose. I hate to lose any game, anything. I don't like losing. All right. Amen. Let's go to Ephesians 6.14. We're going to deal with the breastplate of righteousness this morning. Amen. I looked up some stuff in this too. I was like, wow, Lord. Amen. Amen. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'm just going to go with 614. Stand therefore, hold your ground. 
Now, I'm going to ask you, how many are holding your ground? Or are you suffering loss? Come on now, think about it. All right? Think about it because, see, we, we want to jump. I'm holding my ground. Think about it. How many of you are holding your ground? Stand, therefore, hold your ground, having tightened the belt of truth around your loins and having put on the breastplate of integrity or righteousness, integrity and moral rectitude and right standing with God. That's a mouthful right there. The breastplate of integrity and of moral rectitude and of right standing with God. That's a lot to look at in itself. We have vital spiritual organs and the main vital spiritual organ that you have is your heart. Is your heart. In the natural, if your heart stops, everything stops. That's it. The heart is such a magnificent organ that it is capable of pumping blood to every single part of your body. Every vein, every organ is supplied from the heart. When God created man, there are spiritual mirrors in it. Did you know that people can die? They call it broken heart syndrome. You can literally die of a broken heart in the natural. You can literally die. You're so hurt. You're so wounded. You've lost all hope. And you can, your heart can literally go into a heart attack mode and stop. Now, if this is in the natural, what is it in the spiritual? So he says, put on the breastplate of righteousness, guard your heart, guard your spiritual organs that keep you moving forward, that keep you alive. And so if it is so important that he speaks of his righteousness connected to it, come on now, that's something that we need to stand up and pay attention to. Amen. Before a battle, a soldier would fasten the breastplate around his chest like a vest to protect his vital organs. If a soldier failed to wear his breastplate, an arrow could easily pierce his heart or his lung, and he would die. Easily. Easily. Are there arrows being shot at you? Are there things that are entering in and hurting you? Are you dealing in places where you're heartbroken about things that are going on around you, where you didn't get to be, where you're not, where your kids are? Anything. That has come in and it has just, oh, breaks my heart. Word of God says to put on that breastplate, to guard your heart. God wants our whole heart. He wants all of it. And I said, okay, you know, why? Okay, let's go to Proverbs 4.23. Hallelujah. I'm not going to keep you long because you need to chew on this. I'm sh- telling you, you're going to go back and read these. Everybody there? <clears throat> Proverbs 4.23, keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. For out of it are the issues of life. We can say... Wellspring, spring of life. In other words, it's the water that waters your life. 
It's the substance that keeps your life sweet, moving forward, whole, a wellspring. So critical is the condition of your spiritual heart that the Bible has nearly 900 verses referring to it. Nine over 900 verses referring to it. Many of these verses describe the kind of heart that pleases God, a pure heart, a hungry heart, a contrite heart, which means a repentant heart. He's looking at your heart. He's wanting you to guard your heart. He's wanting you to keep your heart. He's wanting you to stand in a place where you are guarding your heart. Oh God, Jesus said that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of the overflow, out of the wellspring of your heart, your mouth speaks. You can really understand where a person is. The longer you talk to them, you'll listen to what comes out of their heart. If it's always doom and destruction, then you got to check that. If it's cursing, you got to check that. If it's hateful, you got to check that. He's telling you to guard your heart. Look at your heart. You see, he's not saying, I'm going to keep all this for you. He's telling you, you have to examine your heart. You have to look at it. You have to know where you're at. It is critical that we know where we are at. How can you repent from something if you haven't owned what you're dealing with? They tell alcoholics, you have to say, I'm an alcoholic. They tell drug addicts, you got to admit you're a drug addict. And I've always said, until you own something, until you can own the fact that you can say, I am a jealous person. See, we can talk about all that other stuff. Okay. I am an envious person. I am a liar. I will lie at the drop of a hat. Come on. Until you own that stuff, you cannot give it away. As long as you're blaming somebody else, well, you know, they made me do it. They hurt me, so I did it. I'm an angry person. Well, they made me mad, so I had to act a fool. They made me cuss them out. They, they made me hit them. She made me go sleep with another woman. He made me go sleep with another man. Come on, let's deal with this. Until you own that, until you check your heart, you can't get rid of something that you will not admit that you are dealing with. That is not an easy place to be. I'm not saying it's easy because sometimes when you have to look in the mirror and you look back at yourself, it can be kind of ugly. You can put paint on it and lipstick and comb your hair and smell good and dress it all up and everything, but it's still ugly. It's still ugly. And he's telling you to guard your heart. Guard it. Guard your heart. And I want to tell you the most important reason is that with the heart, man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation, Romans 10.10. It is with the heart that we first come to Christ. It is with your heart. It's not a game. I've seen people come to the altar and they're truly not repentant. They really, they're just, they're just coming just to be coming. And you have not seen a real life change in their life because when you truly come to the Lord, you see a change in your behavior. You see a change in how you live your life. When you have truly come to the Lord, you see, you see a person begin to turn. Some turn faster than others, but you see a person begin to turn. Don't get locked in to being a slow turner, okay? Give your heart over to Christ because it is with your heart that you first recognize that I am not a very good person. <clears throat> it is with your heart that you recognize I really need a Savior. 
It is with your heart that you begin to feel repentive for the things that you have done. It is with your heart that you first believe. Why would you not guard that? The issues of life flow out of it. Your belief system comes out of it. Guard your heart. This is guarded. And in that, we can then make a confession because after all, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You see how all this ties together? Out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth speaks. So finally, the more abundance in my heart came about Christ than it did with the world. I had a more abundance of Christ and a desire for him in my heart than I did an abundance and a desire for the world. Guard your heart. Very important. The first thing that pulls you to Christ. The Holy Spirit begins to, he begins to woo you. He begins to romance you. He begins to call you in your heart. You fall in love with your heart. They say the heart wants what the heart wants. I say, tell the heart what the heart wants. Come on. Come on. Let's grow up. Let's grow up. Come on. Because we choose to love. We choose these things. Amen. So I choose Christ because he first chose me. My heart then opens up and the Holy Spirit floods in and I confess with my mouth and then I am moved from one family to another family and I am now not living and moving in my righteousness because after all, my righteousness is as filthy rags before the Lord. There's nothing that I could have ever done to have been good enough to be in this family, not one, because after all, for every good thought that I have, there's probably a whole lot more bad ones that you get because it is easier to go downhill than it is to go uphill. So you are continually fighting the good fight of faith. It is with the heart that faith begins to rise and begins to build in you. Faith is linked to your heart condition. Come on, y'all. These things are all linked together. And so when we believe with our heart, we confess with our mouth, then the gift of righteousness, right standing with God, the gift of righteousness begins to flood into us and then we stand before God, not on our merit, but on Christ's merit. And so the breastplate of righteousness is literally not only a, your armor, but it is a gift that God gives to you to cover your vital organs so that you can stand against the fiery darts of the enemy. Because you're not standing in your own strength. Now you're standing in Christ's strength, covered in his righteousness with an impenetrable breastplate because it is not of our merit. It is of his. Oh God. Oh God. It says keep and guard your heart with all vigilance and above all that you guard for out of it flows the springs of life. Keep your heart with all diligence from it flows the springs of life. It's telling you all of you, the life, the eternal life flows from the wellspring of your heart. Eternal life, eternal joy, eternal peace flow from the wellspring of your heart. Are you heart sick? 
Guard that. Guard what you allow to come in around and to your heart. Because it is through Jesus that we gain our righteousness. And we can stand without shame and without fear in his righteousness. Oh God, my God. I want to stay with my notes because I have so much that I, I want to talk to you about, okay? Amen. We stand in his merits. Listen, I want to talk to you about keeping your heart because he says it's very important. Amen. Amen. And 614, let's go back to Ephesians because I want you to look at this again. Because I looked at some of those words and, and I, I was like, okay, what does uh, 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 rectitude mean? Okay. I need to look that up. Okay. And I need to check this stuff to make sure I'm understanding everything that I'm reading here. And, and, and I praise God for the fact that he opens up his word to us. Amen. 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 The Amplified reads 614. Let's read that again. Stand therefore. Hold your ground, having tightened the belt of truth around your loins. We've talked about that, understanding, knowing the truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness or integrity and moral rectitude and right standing with God. He's telling you to put it on. He's not saying, I'm going to put it on for you. He's telling you to put it on. You put on the breastplate of righteousness. In other words, you stand and you say, listen, devil, I'm not righteous in my own, okay, because I know that you can get to me in my own mess, okay, because there are cracks in that one because I have a past. Come on. But when I stand in the righteousness of Christ, there are no cracks in that armor. There are no cracks in that armor, my God. And when you look at integrity means firmness of character, firmness of character, honesty. He's talking about your heart condition. He's talking about your heart condition. In other words, you don't seek out ways to cheat, lie, and steal from people. You guard yourself from that. And there's a temptation to do it. There's a temptation to do it. There's a temptation to manipulate people. There's, there's always that temptation there because we, we are a people that are dealing with a fallen nature and a fallen body. We want what we want. We want how we want it. Come on. And we have to deal with that. And the Spirit of God is telling us, you deal with that. I've given you my righteousness. Now you deal with that. That's why I've given you the breastplate of righteousness so that you can deal with your integrity, your character. You begin to deal with your character. I remember because of the way that I was brought up and I was always so afraid because my father was very harsh and he would really uh, uh, beat us very harshly. And, and, and I hated going to school with scars all over and, and, and tears in my skin all over my body. I hated going to school like that and being teased about it and stuff. So I would lie at the drop of a hat to keep from getting in a bad place. And, and, and how many of you know when you practice lying as a kid, you, you kind of lie your way out of everything? It becomes a, 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 the way that you handle situations. You lie. Now, I know none of y'all ever did any of that. Okay, well, I'll just talk about me. Okay, so you lie. Okay, so you don't have to deal with the consequences of anything. Okay, and so, you, you, you can t- and so when you do that, it becomes embedded in you, and when you, 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 you do it as you grow up, and then you become an adult, and you still lie because you had to do it as a mechanism uh, of survival. Okay, you lied. 
And, and I remember when I got saved and I said, man, God just put that glaringly in my face. And I was like, this is going to be hard. Okay, because I was good at it. I developed memory and I was pretty good at it, you know. And I said, this is going to be hard. To, to build my character. He says, I want to deal with your character. I want to deal with your heart. I want to deal with you directly, me and you. I want you to walk in Jesus' righteousness. I want you to walk in that gift, and I want you to cover yourself now with me, and I'll give you the ability to begin to walk your way out of this. I cussed like a sailor because my dad cussed. I cussed all the time. Every other word was a cuss word. It didn't matter where I was, who I was with. I cussed. Uh, just what went on in my household. I cussed, you know, and I remember when God spoke to me about that and I started to have to start training my mouth and, and my heart was broke. I had a contrite heart, a repentive heart, a true repentive heart will give you the ability to walk out of the sin that you have been practicing all your life. When you begin to truly repent, then the Lord begins to check your heart and you begin to make corrections in those areas. It's not easy. I'm not going to sit up here and say that I'm tired of people preaching that it's so easy and you know, you can just continue living your hellish lifestyle and God is just going to wink at it and he's going to let it go and it's all good. But he is saying, you check your heart. And I began catching myself and saying, Lord, I think like hundreds of times a day, Lord, I'm sorry. I said it again. I did it again. I lied about it again. Had to go back and tell the truth. Embarrassing. Have to correct yourself in front of people. Oops, didn't mean to say that. Lord, forgive me. Forgive me. But I was in a process of trading my righteousness and accepting his righteousness. How many of you know you can have a gift, but if you don't know how to handle the gift and you don't know how to fully accept the gift, then you got to learn. Be open to learn. It is so hard to deal with people that don't want to admit that they don't know everything. It's hard. How many hard dealing with people like that? It's hard. They frustrate you. You know, you just want to say, just go. You know everything, go. Come on. And I, and, and, and I had to be right because if I was wrong, then it said something was wrong with me. And I had to let the Lord minister to me to tell me that there's nothing wrong with you. You just don't know. It's okay not to know. It's okay to make a mistake. It's okay that you're not perfect. If you will lean into me, I will teach you. If you'll let me, I'll grow you up here. But if you keep fighting me and fighting everybody that I send to you to help grow you up, you're not going to grow up and you're going to stay here and be frustrated all of your life. And I was tired of being frustrated. And I wanted him to touch my character. I wanted him to give me right standing with him and I wanted to have right standing with other people that they would see Christ in me and that there was a change effectively going on inside of me. Rectitude means strict observance of standards of honesty and integrity and of a moral code, upright conduct. Whoa. So this lie that has been perpetrated on the church that says, oh, child, God's going to love you. You can just go on and sleep on over there with your boyfriend. Go on and lie a little bit. It's okay. You know, everybody cheats a little bit. Everybody lie a little bit. Little white lie. 
Oh, if you cuss that person out, it's okay. If you steal a little bit, you know, God will forgive you. So much for the lie that has been perpetrated on the church. That we can live any old kind of way. We can act any old kind of way, and it's all good. He says to stand in moral rectitude. In other words, the world ought to be able to look at us and see what God should look like. And I'm not talking about some critical holier-than-thou. And I have to keep interjecting that because inevitably when you preach something like this, you know, you get those that come in, you're just going to go to hell. That's how you act. You're just going to go to hell. You better get in. You're going to go to hell. Not what he's talking about. He's saying, don't you be all up in their business because you got enough business of your own to take care of. You, just that you would even go there, say you got enough business of your own to take care of. Take care of your, pull the weeds in your yard. Let God work in you. Study your life. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you. And then when he speaks to you, begin to make the turn. Because see, God gives us the grace to do it. Okay, but you're going to have to put some effort into it because, you know, we like company in the bed. We don't like commitment. We so needy both ways, men and women. We so needy, we'll put up with anything. We want so much that we'll, we'll lie, we'll cheat. We'll cheat God. Come on. God says, you're a God robber. We'll rob God to please ourselves. See, this is hard, but it's the truth. And if you want to be a soldier, you better understand what army you in, and you better understand how to march in this army, and you better understand how to put on your armor, and you better understand who you are, what you should be doing, and what you should not be doing. Because the enemy wants to keep you ignorant with this whole grace message. Okay, yes, it is by the grace of God that you are saved, yes. But I want to tell you something. Like was Ron Carpenter said, that the enemy is always like, Come on out here. Come on. Come on out here. And see, this is what we do as Christians. Here's the line. There's the devil. Come on. Come on. And we'll do this. We'll back up first because we just got to say we love the Lord. We want change. And, and then we find out it's kind of hard to do without some things. Uh-huh. There's a sacrifice to be made. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then we'll start. The devil says, come on. Come on. You want company? Come on. You know if you give that tithe, you ain't going to have money to do this. You ain't going to be able to go get what you want. You're not going to be able to do what you want to do. Come on. And you be, come on out here. It's more fun out here. Remember when you had, you didn't have to give that $100 tithe on that money you had. That extra $100 could really do something for you. Come on. You be stepping. You say, come on. You, you know if you sleep with him, you know he'll stay. Come on. Come on. Come on. You know, well, I, I need him so bad. I just need him so bad. I'll just let him have his way. Come on out here. Come on. Come on. And, and next thing you know, you got one leg here trying to get what you want. And you got the other leg over here trying to serve God. Okay. It, 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 yeah. Come on. And then you are wavering like a chip tossed to and fro. You have no stability, nothing. You're tossed to and fro. And then you have not guarded your heart. And then you walk out without the breastplate. And then you are a prime target for the enemy to strike you in your heart, your vital organs. I'm telling you, telling you, you are not covered. 
and we blame God for it. Why you let this happen to me, God? What is happening to me, God? Why do I have this, God? You know, come on now. Why don't you? Why don't you? Is he just supposed to give you everything you want like a big piggy bank and you have no responsibility? He said, put on the whole armor of God that you would be able to stand. Put on the breastplate of righteousness. You put it on. Guard your heart with all diligence. Guard your heart with all diligence. He's saying you guard your heart with all diligence. You have a choice to make. You can choose to be in this place or you can choose to be in the place of the scorner. You could choose to be an either. He gives you that freedom. What an awesome God we serve that he gives us the freedom, but he gives us the ability through his word and through his son that we can walk in rightness. We can be honorable. We can have character. We can have an upright conduct. Do people truly see Christ when they see you or do they see, number one, a religious spirit, harsh and hateful, or do they see someone that's playing church? And that's for the, and you think because you're young, you're not able to do it. Let me tell you, you better get it when you're young because the older you get, the harder it is to get it. The more it takes, the more ammunition the enemy has against you. Come on now. We got to stand up. We got to get dressed. We got to move forward. The word of God says that God loves a pure heart. (laughs) Excuse me. You do the house cleaning. You pick up the broom of the Holy Spirit and begin to sweep. You get rid of the dust cloud. You do it with the anointing and the grace of God. Come on. And the power of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You do it. Don't say you can't. Because I'm telling you, if you press in and you press in and you press in, This is why all-night prayer is important because when you have this elementary level of prayer, it's a little harder to get in and sweep out things than when you get to the place where you stop petting your flesh. I love it. I love Pastor. He is so gracious. But I say if you're going to come here on Friday, uh, if you got to take a little nap, take a nap. But you better set it in your heart that you're going to do this. You know why? Because when you fight through and you develop a prayer life, and you develop the ability to stay in prayer until you get a breakthrough. See, most of us, this is what we do. Oh, Father, come help me. I need you really bad. And your flesh is like, hey, I got you now. Okay? Instead, you say, stop it, flesh. Stop it. Stop it. Stay put. Putting you under. I'm going to beat you today. Stay down because I need more than what I've been getting. And I need a breakthrough. And in that breakthrough, I got to press through. Now, this whole grace, you can do anything stuff will tell you that that's enough. But I'm telling you, sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's not. And sometimes it takes you crucifying your flesh. Sometimes it takes you picking up your cross and following Christ. Sometimes it takes that. Now, I'm not trying to be mean to anybody today, but I know this world, and I know the flesh, and I know the desires of the flesh, and I know the need to be loved, and I know the need to have someone, and I know the need for things, and, people, and I know the want for things. 
and I know the pull to pull you in a direction that will not honor God. I know that, okay? I'm not condemning anybody for that. Please hear me. I'm, I'm telling you that it is a battle and that if you will get in the fight and you will stay in the fight, the reward is so great that the fight will seem like nothing when it's over with. I promise, I can promise you that. But you got to stay in the battle. You got to stay dressed and you got to stay moving forward. You have to. You have to. We have to press in. We have to move up. We have to do more. We have to get to that place because you have an enemy that is after you. God loves a heart that is hungry and pure. He wants your heart to be pure before him. He wants you to sweep it out. He wants you to be hungry. Are you hungry for his word? Are you hungry for his presence? That's like being with your lover. And you're not, you know, you're, you're in love for a while. It gets kind of, you know, you, get, you, you know they're going to be there. You know they love you. And you kind of take, you take advantage of it sometimes. You know what I mean? Anybody know, you know what I mean? Because you, you, you know it's there, you know. That's it. But, but, but God wants, he wants you to be passionate you know, he wants you to, you know, when you first fall in love, you know, and everything about them is just wonderful. You know, you, come on. I know y'all remember them days. You just fresh, fresh. I think that's why some people, they always go into somebody new because they're in, they're in love with falling in love. Okay. And they don't have the ability and they haven't learned the ability to fall in love over and over again. Come on. They haven't learned the ability to, to look back and to say, this is why I fell in love with him in the first place. I do that often with my honey. I, I take days and I go, you know what, Lord? I remember when we first got together. He was so kind. He was so sweet. I fell in love with those characteristics in him. You know, set my heart afire, Lord. You know, and I do the same thing with him. Lord, I remember when you first came in, you saved me. You, you took away the hurt. You took away the pain. And I was suffering so hard. You made me fight. You taught me how to fight. You taught me how to stand. And I remember those days, Lord, when you came and you just overflowed me with your presence. And it was so sweet. I didn't even know what to do with it. And I think about those things. And I fall in love with him again. And I'm hungry for him. I'm hungry for those times. I'm hungry to be close to him. I'm hungry to rest in his arms. I'm hungry to hear his word. Did you come to church hungry? or do you just come because you're supposed to come he loves a hungry heart I'm it might have been real hungry for something I'm just hungry I want to eat okay you know you need to come to church with that kind of hunger for his word for him, he loves that. He meets us there. That is when you have the best services because when you have a congregation that's pulling the word out of you, you want to give more. It's so hard to preach to people that just sit and look at you like, come on. So much better when you have an amen. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I get it. Oh, yeah, I understand. So much more. Every cook loves to cook a meal that somebody loves. Christ loves to give you a meal that you love. He likes being in that place with you. He loves a hungry heart. He loves when you're hungry, your desire is towards him. God loves a contrite and repentive heart. Listen to me. You make mistakes. All right. I tell people, when you can walk on water, come talk to me. Okay. But until then, keep your condemnation to yourself. Help me grow, but don't be all on my back about everything because you ain't walked on water yet. When we hit the water, we both sink. So I am quick to repent. 
because I know I make mistakes. I know thoughts come into my head that I would really like to act on. I know sometimes I say things I shouldn't say. I know sometimes I miss it. I know that. And if you can admit that about yourself, then you can have a contrite heart, which means a repentive heart, and you can say, oh God, I missed it, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And because the word of God says to forgive seven times 70, then that must mean that God forgives seven times 70. Does it mean that you have the license to sin seven times 70? Repent means I'm going this way. Oop, wrong. I'm going this way. That's what it means. We think it means I'm going to do what I want to do today. Oh, I repent, but I'm going to go do the same thing tomorrow. Oh, I repent, but I'm going to go do the same thing. Come on. Let's be for real. I know some habits take time to break. Do you hear me? Because I'm not condemnation. And condemning is not God. All right? Correction. All right? And convicting and talking to you and wooing you and calling you to a higher place is God. Do you hear me? The devil condemns. Oh, you're going to go to hell for that one. Might as well keep on doing it. God ain't going to forgive you. You know, you did it yesterday, so here you go again. You just might as well go on and go to hell. The devil is a liar. Keep at it. Keep turning. Come on, I've watched people over and over be going this, and they turn, and they start going, and they turn, and they, and they turn, and they turn. You know, I've watched it over and over, over and over. And you know what we do? We keep praying that they'll make that final turn before the enemy takes them out. They'll make the final turn and fully commit to what God has got for them. Come on. That's how it is. This is how it is. God loves a giving heart. Are you a giver? Are you a giver? The best way to break uh, 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 selfishness and greed and all about me spirit is to be a giver. Is to be a giver. And trust me, when God asks you to give something you really like, sometimes that can be challenging. I'll never forget the first time God told me to give something I really like. And I was like, what do <laughs> really like that? I worked hard to get that. But what it reveals in you is that there's a level of self-centeredness and selfishness that rests there. And so he wants you to have a giving. Are you a tither? Are you a giver? Do you bless people around you? Or are you continually sucking the life out of everything around you? Come on. Think about it. God loves a giving heart. Will you give a smile? Will you give a good word? I'm working on that. I'm not, people look at me, I, I'm not the most kind of person. Linda is everywhere we go. She's like, hi, how you doing? Hi. And I'm like, oh my God. Okay. She's like, hi, yeah, praise the Lord. Hi, hi. girl, that, hi. Yeah, that looks like, and I'm thinking, okay, Linda. Okay. Do we have to? Okay. <laughs> okay. And I think God put me with it so that I could learn some things, you know? Okay. And no, because I know sometimes people live with it like, are you mad? No, 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 I'm fine. You know, well, you look mad. Darn. Okay. You know, 
It, it's not just material things that, that make you have a giving heart. It's, it's a good word, you know. It's, it's giving a good word. It's giving a smile. It's giving a hug. It's giving a touch. Come on now. It's giving of your time. It's giving. It's giving, you know. Do you have a giving heart? A giving heart. God loves a joyful heart. Are you joyful when you come into his house? Are you happy to be in his presence? Are you happy to be around the people of God? You know, or do you come to church saying, God, I hope she ain't there this Sunday. I hope he ain't there this Sunday. You know? Do you have a joyful heart? Are you a joyful person? I think Liz can testify. We have a friend. Her name is Mary. She moved to Texas, okay? I've never met a person in my life that was always happy, no matter what. She used to get on my nerves, okay? She was just happy. Oh, well, that happened. Oh, well, okay. Oh, well, we don't have. I remember one year she didn't have a Christmas tree, and I felt so bad. And I'm like, I got to get her a tree. She was like, oh, girl, we don't, we don't have no tree. It's all good. It's all fine. You know, I can't pay the bills, but that is all good. I'm just happy. Is she not? She's just like, I'm just happy. And I'm like, nobody can be that happy. What drug are you taking? She was just happy. Was she not? She was just happy. She had like a hundred kids and they were all over the place and she was just happy. Okay. You know, you could see if she would get upset for this long. You know, okay. She just had a joyful heart. She just had a joyful heart. She loved the Lord. She just had a joyful heart. I think that's a gift. Y'all that have that gift, praise the Lord. Okay. And, and pastor has a joyful heart. Okay. He's always happy. And I'm like, I'm not happy today. Okay. Okay. So stop being happy. Okay. <laughs> we have to learn to have a joyful heart. We have to learn to find joy in the Lord. Guard your heart. These are things that God loves. These are things that he's talking about that you need to guard in your heart. You need to guard. When you have these things and they've been a gift and they've given to you and you've developed them, you have to guard them because they can begin to decrease if you are not continually increasing them. You cannot stay stagnant. You must continue to increase in him because the moment that you stop, it's the moment that you will begin to go backwards. And we cannot afford that as a people, especially in this day and age. We can't do it. We just can't do it. Hallelujah. This hard thing is so important because our Heavenly Father is not indifferent to our sins. And he does not take it lightly. Listen to me. Guard your heart. Because God is watching. And when we willfully and continually know that we should not be sinning and we continue to sin, you are in trouble. You're in trouble. And we need to admit that. Listen, this is part of why we come to church. So that we can be accountable one to another. When you are so secretive and your life is so locked down that nobody knows anything about you, okay, your level of maturity is not where it should be. Listen to me. 
It's not where it should be. You have got to move past that level of maturity so that you can begin to be accountable one to another. And I'm not telling you, you go tell everybody your sin. You better pick and choose who you deal with because everybody ain't saved like that. Okay, that's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying you get in. You get under the word. Because if the enemy can isolate you, and I tell people this, I don't have to go to church. The church is in my heart. And I want to say to them, you fool. You're a fool. You are righteous in your own self. Because you don't want, and this is what you're covering, you don't want nobody to confront you. You don't want nobody to challenge you. You want to do it your way. You want to make it what you want to make it, and you don't want to be under anything because, after all, how can you lead if you ain't willing to follow? Come on. Come on. Let's just deal with this. Let's just do. So the, the church is in my heart. Yeah, it may be, but you need to be taught. You need to be challenged. You need to be accountable. You need to be. We need that. Because left out there by yourself is exactly where the enemy wants to have you because then he can lie to you. He can get you to be, you're you're honestly wrong. You're sincerely wrong. You think you got it and you think you're right, but you're sincerely wrong. And you're going down the wrong road and you end up on a dirt road and then in a ditch. Because you refuse out of a stubborn, hard-headed pride not to be accountable to anybody something's right when you run across people like that that is what you are dealing with that prideful self-centered spirit and it is a difficult spirit to deal with they don't want to hear anything from you we come to church also so that we can share our gift he has gifted each and every person with a gift and somebody needs your gift Somebody needs to hear from you. Somebody needs a hug from you. Somebody needs a word from you. Somebody needs a friend. Somebody needs what you got. And he puts you in a house that you can begin to hone in and build your gift. God is not winking at your sin. He's not just letting it pass. Because the word of God says he chastens those that he loves. We don't like talking about that in the grace message because after all, God loves you so much that he ain't going to whoop your tail for you. When the word of God says, he that spareth the rod hateth his child. That's a pretty steep word, hate. If you refuse to discipline your children, it is saying you hate them. And if God refuses to discipline us, what is that saying? His word is his word. Then it makes you a bastard child. Come on, let's just say what the word says. That's what it makes you. And I am not a bastard child. I belong to God. Therefore, if chastening is necessary, then I have to humble myself under the hand of God and get it right. And I have to understand that when I punished my kids and when I spanked them, it was not to hurt them. I did it because I didn't want them to get hurt. Because I knew my punishment would be nothing like the world's punishment. I knew that. I knew that I love my kids, and so I'm only going to tag that flesh so far. But I know that when you get out in that world, somebody will kill you. They'll beat you and cripple you. They'll take everything from you. And I am protecting you. And all that you can see 
when you're a child is, you don't love me because you're not letting me have my way. You hit me, you spank me, I'm going to call police. You know why? Because the world does not want you to chasten your children. Because the world wants your kids. The enemy wants your children. And I'm talking to you young people now. The enemy wants your life. You think you know everything, but you don't. Keep on living. Keep on living. I'm telling you, keep on living. You'll find out. Because, see, you never really understand and really love your mom as a girl and love your dad as a father until you grow up and have kids of your own. (laughs) Okay. Or until you've lived through some things and you can look back and you say, dang, my mama was right. She was right. Okay. Mm -hmm. And if you're hard-headed and you don't listen and you got to pay the price to some things, it's harsh. It's harsh. So God will chasten us. And when you understand, if you can be mature enough to understand that the chastening comes for your good and not for your destruction, then you look at it in a different way. You're able to guard your heart and not get angry with God and blame God and turn from God. For it's only the weak in spirit, the weak in heart, those that truly do not understand their father, that would say, he's a harsh and hateful, mean God. He doesn't love me, and I'm not going to go to church anymore because nobody loves me. Sometimes the word hurts. Sometimes it seems harsh. Sometimes I don't like it. I don't want to do it. But I know that sometimes medicine don't taste good, but it does the job of healing and restoration and building my body up and saving my life. He does not wink at your sin. So do not let this grace message turn you into a person that takes your salvation for granted. Don't let it. Be what God has called you to be. God Let me take you, you can go to Hebrews 12, 5 through 11, talking about the chastisement of the Lord. God wants to correct us. God is working to mold us into the likeness of Christ. He wants you to look like his son, your big brother, your savior. He is molding you and making you. And sometimes he's got to slap that clay around a little bit and poke some of them air bubbles out of you in order that when you go into the fire, you will come out worthy and ready for use. Come on. Come on. He wants the peaceable fruit. Listen to me. The peaceable fruit of righteousness. Look at righteousness. Whenever you look at righteousness in the Bible, you look at your breastplate. Look at righteousness. Look at your breastplate. Look at your breastplate. 1 John 3.21. Let's turn to that because I think this is real important. Listen, we have to know who we are. We have to know where we are. Amen. And the word of God says, dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, We have confidence before God and receive from him anything we ask because we obey his commands 
and do what pleases him. Is your heart, is your life, are you in a place where you cannot believe God because you are so far out of his will that you have nothing to hold, to grasp, and to hold on to? You feel so guilty all the time. Because you know you're willfully sinning. You know you're not doing what you're supposed to do. It says if our hearts don't condemn us, then we can come into the throne room and we can ask what we want. We can boldly come. But I want to tell you something. When you know you're not living right and you know you're doing wrong and you know you're not where you're supposed to be, when you're supposed to be, you know all these things, then you have, there's, and God still loves you, okay? But you condemn yourself into unbelief. Come on now, do you hear me? If our hearts don't condemn us, then we can come into his presence and ask what we want. And because we are living a life that he has called us to live. Come on, see, we want to skim over these verses, okay? We want to skim over this. He tells us to love one another. If you love one another, you will serve one another. Come on now. We got to get these things down. And we've got to understand that you have an enemy, and the enemy comes in day after day after day, and he is coming along and he is saying, well, remember when you did that? Remember you haven't done that? You remember this? You remember that? You know how you are. You know what you do. You know what you did. You know what you might do. Come on now. The enemy comes in all the time, and he is condemning us and he is coming against us don't give him ammunition to use against you come on now take up the cross and follow Christ don't willfully give him ammunition guard your heart I don't want my heart condemning me I don't want my conscience constantly dealing with what I did yesterday we must number one have a repentive heart We must make the turn. You must guard your heart. You must stand in integrity. These are things that he is telling you that you can do. If you've done something and you know it's wrong, apologize for it. All of it, financially, spiritually, friendship, job-wise, whatever, clean it out so that when the enemy comes, you are well able to put on the breastplate of righteousness, not your righteousness, but Christ's righteousness. Christ's righteousness. Because let's look at this final scripture, and I'm going to close with this. Amen? Uh, uh. Hallelujah. Uh, uh. For he, God, I'm going to just read it to you. Second uh, Corinthians five two, and let me just read it to you. For he God hath made him Christ Jesus to be sin for us, who knew no sin, who knew no sin. He was perfect, and I was so unperfect. And so, if you make it personal, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. In other words, for he, God, hath made Jesus to be sin for me. For me. I don't know what you consider it, but I consider it for me. He was made sin for me. That I, through him, might be made the righteousness of God in him. It is not your 
righteousness that is a breastplate, but it is his. It has been placed upon you so that you can stand against the fiery darts of the enemy. Because, see, he wants to burn your heart up with pain and heartache and condemnation. But Christ wants your heart to be a wellspring of living waters that flow first into you and second into those around you. So let us take up the breastplate of righteousness. Let us cover ourselves. Let us gird up our loins with truth. Let's understand who he is and what we have. Let's put on the breastplate of righteousness, integrity. Are you an honorable person? We can all strive to be that. We can all strive to be that. With God's help, we can achieve that in our life. And we can live worthy of the calling that is put upon us. Are you a good soldier? Do you dress yourself daily? Because see, we need to. Because we go out into the battlefield every day. And the enemy is not fair. He wants your heart. He wants your heart. Because out of it flows the issues of life. And as for me and my house, and every opportunity that I have, I want to let flow from me Christ, the living Savior, him crucified and resurrected, that I could have eternal life. And that when I go to heaven, I'll see you there. I'm going to hang out with my homies, okay? I'll see you there. You know? So keep your armor on. Be strong. If you missed it, you missed it. You can't change it. Had to tell myself that in a couple of things. But I love this. That when I give it all to the Lord, he is good and he is merciful and he loves us. And he cares for us. And he wants you and he desires you and he wants you to be a good soldier and he wants you to stand. So why don't you stand to your feet as we get ready to leave this morning. Amen. Or now this afternoon. Father, I praise you. I I just want to thank you, Jesus. I ask you, Father, that in, in every place, Lord, that in this word that the enemy is trying to condemn, I cast it down right now in the name of Jesus. You lying devil, shut your mouth. Because, Lord, we put on the breastplate of righteousness. And we know that we are not perfect, Lord, but we are perfect in Christ. So when you see us, it is not us that you see, but it is Christ that you see. We hide ourselves in you, Lord. We hide ourselves in you, Lord. Lord, continue to speak to our hearts. Lord, continue to move in us and to use us and to be with us, Father, and help us, Lord, to put on the full armor of God, Lord, that we could stand against the wiles of the devil, that not only, Lord, that we protect our soul, our spirit, Father, but, Lord, that we are a protection to others, that others can run and hide behind the shield that you have given us and know that they are safe and protected, Father, and we shall lead them to Christ, that they would know you in the fullness of who you are, Father. Lord, bless your people this week. Open up opportunities for them. Give them the strength, Father God, to stand and to speak your word in love. Father, help us because we know we need a Savior. Yeah, We know we need a Savior. And we thank you for your righteousness. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your grace, Lord. And Father, give us traveling mercies today as we each go to our prospective homes and go our way, Lord. Bless your church. Bless your people in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Turn to somebody and tell them I'm a good soldier.
I'm a good soldier. You too. And you're a good soldier. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.